We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We got some super chats to get to. And we got one FTC question right now. Before we get to those questions, though, Left, let me tell you something. I might have witnessed, might have witnessed the worst episode of Power ever last night. It was, it was the worst because so many things were just like, no, no way. I was like, dude, why are we... Fast forward, forwarding through like storylines, like what? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. The sacks ended too quick. It was crashed out way too quick. Uh, the Effie and Kane was too too quick because she rough. just because she just got uh, fake busted by the DEA, and then twenty seconds later she get busted again. But this time they got her though. When they rolled down the window, <laughs> and Laura was like, "That's her." Her face was priceless, though. She knew she was. And then Kane's face was priceless, too. But Kane should have known because Tariq, I don't know why Tariq didn't say Lauren was alive way before. He couldn't. He couldn't. But then he would have known about Saks. But he found out about Saks from Lauren, right? After after she, after he went and got Effie to. No, Tariq. Tariq set Effie up real bad. He doesn't trust Kane. So no, he doesn't trust Kane. Absolutely. He, he wasn't tripping. Kane. He talked about Melnay talking about you. You know about this? You know, you know what they're doing? He the only one staying focused. Man, the cat's like, man, look, I'm trying to get money back from RSJ. Man, RSJ not playing no games <laughs> neither. And then all of a sudden, just this Fortune 500 company is just like the Madoff. Of power now, right? Like oh. it's just a Ponzi scheme. Oh, the whole thing. It's just too much, man. It's, it's too like, much. Is that where's it gonna much. go? They knocking off dudes left and right. Davis is about to pull the strap on sacks as soon as he I'm like, dang Davis, you you a lawyer. What you doing? <laughs> hey, all lawyers need a strap though. Keep it a buck. I guess so. If you're a good lawyer, especially a good defense lawyer, you definitely make sure you have a nickel plated. In the desk at all times. I mean, my goodness. So, 
yeah, I don't know where this is going to go from here because Diana just is the oddball in this whole situation. And then you got Drew, who is the serial killer, emotional. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew got to go next for me personally. I thought he should have went before Sax because what is Drew's role for real? Like, honestly, he just out here Dude, serial killing, bro. crying, doing the, scene, the, the absolute most. This dude is like getting hugs, therapeutic hugs from everyone. Crying on the TV. Crying, going viral. Like, what? Showing up, showing up to the dude hotel with the other guy, like, just and what, like, throwing stuff in the house. What you, what you breaking stuff for? <laughs> like, Kay said, what you. What's wrong with this dude? I was like, yo, okay, if this lines up with 50 leaving, choosing to leave stars, and they're like, man, we got to get through this storyline because we're going to start afresh on a new network, then that's fine. I guess that's what you have to do from a business standpoint. But, man, that was some bad. That was some awful writing. That it was, was some awful, awful right how they did sex like that. Because I didn't understand why is the, the side character taking him out? Like, wait. It just made no sense. Like, dude. Like, so now they know nothing about what's going on. Sax was the key. Sax was the key. And Tariq sitting there the whole time like. <laughs> I what, he looked like he looked like uh, uh, our dude Franklin. When uh, his mom killed Teddy, he was just like, "What? Why would you do that?" <laughs> oh like man, that. it was crazy. It was absolutely insane. Lucky Lefty podcast. So, Benny the Butcher, uh, you knew it was coming. It was only a oh, matter Freddie of time. Gibbs stuff. The Freddie Gibbs stuff, but also, man, look. The joint with Benny, Conway the Machine, and Fabulous, Brooklyn Chop House. If you have not heard it, give it a listen. You knew Jordan Poole was going to be the laughing stock of hip-hop over the summer. You already knew it. I knew it was a bar. Somebody got it as a bar. Oh, man. Benny said, I'm trying to buy a rap, a a truck like Jordan Poole. They already going at his head. Already did, going at his what head. What did he buy it on though? On one date, what do you even buy for that much for one date? First of all, the only way that works if if he pulls what Quavo pulled on uh, what's her name, Sweetie. Oh, Sweetie. Well, he leased it, and once they broke up, he went and picked it up. Nah, if, he, if he's leasing her the vehicle and for the length of their relationship and they break up and he goes and pulls it and sells it back to the dealership, then okay. It really yeah. doesn't matter in my opinion. You're still a sucker. And that just lets you know. He just got money and he's already spending it on a female that he hardly knows. And like, 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 like Mason Cameron sound like that. Like, like Mason Cameron said, bro, she from the Bronx. It don't even take all that. They said, yeah. They said you t- you get her a slice of pizza and a soda, bro. Dang, <laughs> a slice of pizza and a soda, twelve bucks. Man, that's it. 
Just go to a nice bodega in the Bronx, slice a pizza, so chopped cheeses or something. Man, you'd have been in there. This dude up here. They said, you, you, yeah, they said you did way too much for that. <laughs> way too much. Camera said in your game of suffering. And your game of suffering. Your game of suffering. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Left. Let's get to some of these FTC questions. Tyler Smith said, would you guys say LeBron changed Jordan's game when he came into the league? People say Jordan changed the game that makes him the GOAT, but why isn't LeBron the GOAT for changing the game? I, I think Jordan was just the best player in the game. Whereas, like, Steph Curry changed the game because he made three-point shooting cool. No, Mike, Mike changed the game because you could not win a championship, according to people in the NBA, unless you won it through the big man. It was all about the center, all about the big man. Mike was the first person to prove that you can have a dominant wing player to build a team around. And that's when you came with the Tracy McGrady's and Kobe's. He changed. People started looking at the game and building rosters differently after Mike. Oh, it yeah, more about the wing players. Okay. Yeah, it was more about the wing players. He changed the game in that way. LeBron is just a one-on-one. I don't even know if he's changed the game. He's just. He's just a one-on-one, right? Yeah, because no one, you can't say, oh, I want to well, build something. Well, I want to build something. There is no LeBron. No one else has a LeBron. The big three against LeBron. That's where that came from. Remember uh, the Celtics, Kevin Garnett teamed up with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. The big three, that was because LeBron. So that I guess they built rosters to beat LeBron at that time. And then he broke that up and they went to Brooklyn and he broke it up again. Oh, okay. Then he had to play the super big three 
with the Splash Brothers and Draymond, he had to break that up again mm-hmm. in goat fashion. Had it had them had them flying out to the Hamptons for Kevin Durant. So I don't know if you can give credit for changing the game or just him just being a great player. Now see, Jay Henry said Bron started the point four air. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> come on, man. We're not about to just ignore Scottie Pippen like that. Stop. Stop. We're not we're not gonna do that. And I'm not saying Scottie Pippen is on the same level as LeBron, but come on, man. LeBron didn't uh, start the point for Aaron. No, he you're didn't. Not, you're, not, you're not giving LeBron that? No, he didn't start that, man. Oh, man. Come on, man. He didn't start that. You sure? Because I'm pretty sure you started seeing Bro, Are you kidding me? You know how many times I heard Scottie Pippen point four growing up watching Bulls games? Probably, but that was just that team. It was and that's like, the fact. Like, how many point fours are in the league right now? I don't know. The what fact you that you say? can't even. The fact that you can't even. What would you say though? Point fours. Somebody said it in the chat. Zion could be considered a point forward if he stayed healthy. Because he really does bring the ball up and (laughs) they run the offense through him. Other than that? Traymond's a point forward. It's tough, man. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough. Uh, Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, said, question, who was the biggest NBD commit or recent memory who hurt the most? Brandon Hillman. <laughs> uh, I don't know, actually. Oh, I don't know if it was decommitment or it just didn't work. But when they can't ran Alex off, Anzalone. I would say Alex Anzalone. Ooh, that was a good one. Deep. He's still okay. playing. That's a good one. Ended up going to Florida. And got drafted and still playing. So Yeah. I don't know if it was decommitment, but I know when Randy Moss caught that case and had to dip out of the 93 class. That's the greatest <laughs> one. Yeah, that's the greatest yeah. one right there. <laughs> that, that hurts. Or is taking Ron Paulus over Peyton Manning. That's another that, big. That part. For several reasons. So either so either the Randy Moss one or the Ron Paulus over Peyton Manning is probably the biggest. God, no. What the hell were they thinking? <laughs> and then I'll say Alex Anzalone. They took Ron Paulus over Peyton Manning? Yeah. But Peyton was trash in college for real. He wasn't he wasn't Peyton Manning the, the Hall of Famer. He was Ron Paulus. He was better than Ron Paulus. But, you know, Peyton Manning didn't win the championship. T. Martin did. <laughs> and that was a year after Peyton left, wasn't it? Mm. I'm not going to say Peyton Manning wasn't, was trash in college, but he didn't beat Florida when he was there. Hey. <laughs> 
They didn't have a better team. They didn't have a <laughs> they just didn't have a better team. I'm not mad at them for that. Yeah, I guess Draymond could be Draymond could be considered a point four. Clyde, you're right. He could be considered a point four. Yeah, that's what I said. I Draymond said, had a, you know what? Draymond played an incredible game last night. I just he played an incredible to, game in the King series too. I need him to get LeBron's mouth name out his mouth as much though. Man, you competitor right now, bro. Stop loving on this dude so much, man. He just at least wait. Greatness, at least man. wait until you're done with them. You know, you see Steph ain't Steph ain't talking all that. Steph, Steph, like, was, look. Steph walking down the sideline talking to Braun, laughing with him on in the yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But Steph ain't going doing a podcast talking about oh man, you know. I just man. Look, Draymond, Draymond's thinking about his next team and career after this because he knows he ain't with the Warriors after this. Man. Ryan Loftus, Sean and Malik, how did you get how did you two get linked up? How did this show come to be? So I had these pictures of, right? I had these pictures of left from college in a compromising position. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both well, we both met on Irish breakdown doing a show. And then literally I just hit him up and asked him if he wanted to do a show. Yeah. That was it. Since then, we was in business. That was it. That was as simple as that. As simple as that. I think we both recognized. But somehow, some way, we were like on the same segment and we were cracking jokes. And it was just like, okay, this works. And from there, it was just like, okay, we did the show. And yeah, we're here. Super Chat, Truman, do mail. Are you going to do another LL Chicago Bears podcast? I'm a Jets fan. Man, that's unfortunate that you're a Jets fan, my brother. <laughs> but you're making the I don't know. He said, but you're making the Bears my number two team. Oh, that's what's up. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, the NFL is going a long way to make sure the Bears are, are situating themselves to be successful in the next few years so you know i'm glad but yes we do have some more chicago programming coming in the next month or so you know that's part of our business expanding we do have more content and left is out there on the left coast and uh hopefully we'll have los angeles content coming in the near future as well another super chat can Notre Dame football be number one in recruiting or at least the recruiting equivalent of a young Mike Tyson simply dominate I'm pretty amped. Can Notre Dame ever be number one in recruiting, Left. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no, too. Just because the, rank, the people that do the rankings – I'm not going to give us a fair shake unless we legit get number one in every category. But you know yeah. what they start doing then? They start dropping dudes, stars, of course. Now they dropping guys, stars, and now they not. They don't know now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No. There's no way. Yeah, this time we got a handle on it. <laughs> They're talking about this background. <laughs> no way. Yard work, man. Real serious business out there. Hey, hey, speaking of yard work, bro, let me tell you something, man. It's not a lot of things that bug me. It's this viral video going around where somehow the video from inside a cockpit at night, they show what it looks like when uh, what pilots are looking at at nighttime. What pirates are looking at at nighttime? Pilots, 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 pilots are looking at out the window of the cockpit as they're going through turbulence, and it is very. It's something else to see what they, what they see, which is nothing. That's basically what they see. Nothing but darkness. Nothing is just happening, kind of thing. No, it's like literally, let's see if I can retweet it. It is like darkness mixed with clouds. And it's like, man, there's, there's, you can't see anything. So literally, everything is about the instrumentation and knowing your numbers and knowing the board and making sure you're going in the right direction because you can't depend upon your sight, right? You can't. Oh, so you can't it's kind of like that perception thing. You just kind of like doing your job in the midst of, uh, but you're not thinking of it as I'm in the plane. It's like I can't see nothing, so I kind of just got to do my job thing. And just because you can't see anything, it doesn't mean that you still can't do your job, right? You just can't depend on your eyes. Now you have to depend upon everything that you've been trained to do <laughs> based upon everything that's in front of you. And it was an interesting concept because I thought about it. I took off yesterday in New Orleans and (laughs) we took off and I'm like, you know, you forget what New Orleans is, right? Yeah. So we take off and like, I open my eyes and I'm like, Yo, why are we flying out over this water? Because I still say flying out of LAX is the craziest takeoff ever. Because you fly deep, they take you at least, they take you, they always take you out to the Pacific before they turn. Yeah. Pacific, and then they bang the left, and then they start setting that course, right? They kind of did the same thing yesterday. And I just forgot. For a second, that the Gulf is right there, and I'm like, man, what the heck is going on? And then all of a sudden, my man just hits the left left turn, and we start leaning, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I immediately went back to sleep. Bro. Mm-hmm. What's the worst? What's your worst city to take off from or Honestly, land in? I don't like anything about flying, so I don't like any part of it. I can't go to sleep on planes, nothing. <laughs> so flying, the flying experience is the worst experience for me. <laughs> Look, man, the worst, the craziest place to land 
is Denver. Because it's yeah, literally in the, you have to go up over the mountains and then come down. That's crazy, yeah. You're right. Denver's been crazy for me. Denver is wild. Utah too. Wild. Shit. Utah was about crazy for me too. I've never been out of uh I've never flown or flown into. No, the York kind of nervous because it's like the Utah airport is kind of like simply and it's kind of small and it's it just throw you off, you know. You're like eh, too much, too much opportunity for something to happen. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But yeah, that just that just hit me yesterday. Like, man, when how much how much belief do you have in 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 training when things? <laughs> Like, how tough is it to believe in a program when you're not seeing the success that you think you should be seeing? How much believe? Like, how tough is it? Like, kids bought into Marcus Freeman, and nine and four is not what that team saw. I guarantee you that team last year didn't see themselves going nine and four. This year, they might go 10 and 3, 11 and 2. And let's see. How tough is it to buy in when you're not seeing the results that you think you should see? Well, I mean, just is everybody's different because how long is, is too long? You know, I mean, it's been two years and you got people ready to jump off the cliff. And you know, the first two years as a head coach is still not fully your recruited team yet. You know, you still try to get things in order, hire on the fly, make the transfers, the, the build the bridge gaps as you're trying to find the right pieces. So for me, it could take a five-year period if you're really giving a guy a chance. But some schools take one year, some schools take two. Um, for Notre Dame, you get a, a – you get in a tough situation where you have to win now and win a lot now. Not like you don't get really, uh, you don't get a real grace period. And, you know, the nine and four is great for 85% of the country. Nine and four in Notre Dame, even if you a first year head coach, is not good. <laughs> The video made me think about that because I thought it was amazing. Dude, the pilots were so calm in the video. (laughs) I'm looking at all of this darkness and turbulence and like what they're flying through. And I'm like, yo, that's bananas. And they're just sitting there like looking at their gauges. Like, no, all right. 
right. And at some it's, point, it's probably, it's probably the same. It's probably the same as like how you play in front of eighty thousand people and you don't really recognize it. You know, yeah. being at Notre Dame, you're in the field. It's it's it looks crazy if you start going like this. Like, man, that's a hell of a lot of people. But in the game, you don't even be thinking about it. You just be like, all right, let me not get my head blown off by, you know, Chase Young on his edge. Let me pay attention. <laughs> let me look alive and not be looking in the stands and acting crazy, you know. And it made me think about Marcus Freeman. And you talked about it. Like, yo, it seems like he's been on the hot seat from the time he took the job. But at what point in the midst of all of the turbulence that he's trying to guide this program through, at what point does he hit a calmness in the midst of the storm or a peace in the midst of the storm to be able to calmly say, we got this. We're still going to get to where we need to go. Don't worry about it, right? Because the crazy thing is the only people that really know what you've really been through are the ones flying the planes. Because us in the back, we just feel it. But we haven't seen We We didn't see it. That's what stuck out to me. The pilots are actually seeing the craziness. Like Marcus Freeman is literally seeing all of the craziness. Fan base just feels it. That's it. We're just alone for the ride. We're just feeling it. You know, coaching staff, they probably see a lot of things. But at some point, uh, yeah, at some point, you just have to recognize, man, that Marcus Freeman, and I think he's I think he's getting into that place where he's comfortable and his skin left. And I think he's starting to become that leader in the midst of the turbulence of trying to get everything corrected and back on track and in the right direction. Well, you know, when you when you in a position that many think that that how'd you get this position? You're probably starting with your hair on fire. <laughs> right. And I think that Marcus Freeman understands that he can't come in here and act like it's the last 10 years with that coach where he can just start golfing after year three. He doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. And I think it speaks to a lot of his uh, dedication to uplifting the program over the hump that – you know, I do think Coach Kelly's a great coach. Obviously, he's still having success early on. Just getting down there, and that's a worse situation starting off than what ours was, you know. And he beat Bama the first year. So even he, in 10 years, couldn't get it done. So Marcus Freeman's commitment to at least making it look different, like Gerard Parker always says, Jared, Gerard, however he said <laughs> Uh, he's done that, and I think that's what's got the fan base in the chokehold that we we might have struck lucky first coach after a coach that has so much uh, success and accolades at the school before. Because usually, you know, you have a Hall of Fame 
caliber type of coach for that long of a tenure, it's it's a struggle bus to find a consistent coach right after that. Just like the NFL finding quarterbacks right yeah. after a uh, Hall of Famer leaves, right? So we're still on the right path. Man, it's incredible that when you think about it, and the reason that video stuck out to me, because I was like, yo, this reminds me of the first year and a half years at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman. Because it truly has been, man, from Tommy in Miami last year, the offensive head coach stuff, the other things <laughs> with assistants that he wanted on staff and, you know, reportedly, you know, Chancey wasn't Tommy Reese's guy for a wide receiver coach. Like, as a head coach, why are you battling your offensive coordinator? <laughs> to hire somebody as a staff. Like, what? what? Because he's the head coach of offense. You know, Literally. there you go to the offseason. Tommy Reese finally leaves. He wanted to do so, uh, you know, previously. The debacle of Andy Lovewig. However, dude, wherever you fall, whatever side of the coin you fall on with Andy Lovewig, it was a debacle. Taking the bullets for the school. After that debacle publicly, which is what Marcus no, 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 no. did, being told to take the bullets—that's a whole <laughs> different thing. It's one thing to like, you know, try to galvanize the and be right. like, "We all take this out." Right. Being told to take it is—it's like, wait a minute, I didn't—I don't know about—I don't know about that. I—I I thought I was being good character, and, and you know, by trying to take up arms and try to defuse the, but you got a whole script. I gotta read. I'm not reading that. <laughs> I'm not reading that part. I'll do it, but come on now. And this is your second year. What are we talking about? So I do think that um I think he's handled it a lot better than I think other coaches would. I don't think other coaches would of of older tenure would fall in line with that. You know, I think you can get it off on Marcus Freeman now because he's young. You know, he hit him with some of the old head tricks. But I don't think Brian Kelly would have took no bullets. And he didn't, he never, matter of fact, Brian Kelly never <laughs> took bullets. <laughs> Brian Kelly be like, oh no, no, no. He just got to get better or he didn't do something right. Or, you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. Or, you know, he wouldn't, he got to the age where he said, I'm not taking no damn bullets. That's a young man sport. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I did that already once. <laughs> hey, hey, Coach Kelly, like, man, y'all made me take anger management courses. I can't yell at these kids no more. Right. Y'all done, done, done made me tamper down everything. So I'm going to go gone. <laughs> y'all done, done, I had to fire, hired all my friends, fired all my friends, had to, had to go through personal uh, 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 anger management courses with y'all. I had to handle the scandal with y'all. You know, I can't recruit who I want all the time. Because you know, at Cincinnati, Coach Kelly getting kids from across the street. Vine Street. The hood. <laughs> Having open tryouts with, with the neighborhood. And Cincinnati got good because of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's some old head stuff. Right. So, so he 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 is clearly transitioned. I feel like now LSU where, and they probably don't say much to him, you know. Where at, at at Notre Dame, they writing scripts for Marcus Freeman. You know, they got that chokehold on my brother right now. But he gonna he, <laughs> knows to, he knows how to balance it well enough to still do his job. You know, a lot of people can't handle pressure like that. When 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 you when you're taking steps forward and they pulling your steps back at the same time, a lot of people can't handle that. So I do think that uh, <laughs> what he has done and which I think you have to do at Notre Dame is buffer yourself with great coaches. Buffer this buffer yourself. Get get the analysts, get the get the get the background guys walking around the office, Ed Orgeron, be like, is that Ed Orgeron walking around? You got to bring them in. Buffer the the office in the building in the goo with with elite with elite people, elite coaches. I mean, we had to hire the head coach for the Packers as a quarterback coach. You know, we, you know, that we need some of that energy in the building, and he's done that with uh, the linebacker that came, his boy. I forgot his name, Jared Leonidas. Got Larry Nitus in there. Got Al Golden in there. You know. Hell, he probably still talked to Jim Trussell. Just had Jim Trussell walk around the building. And know. Some of that might, you know, fall off on us. You know what I mean? So that's the only way I think you can manage uh, being at Notre Dame as a head coach is buffering yourself with enough pieces that can, you know, take some of the, the load off of your plate. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Well, I think we have a couple more questions before we get out of here, Left. Omar Austin says, uh, maybe my prior comments were a bit controversial, but seriously, do y'all think Zion might eat himself out of the league? 6'7", 6'8", at the 3 8 it. And get out of New Orleans, man. That food too good down there. I don't think that's a fight he can win. I'm a living witness. That is not the place you want to be in trying to <laughs> try to get right. Wait. And you got all the money and, and access in the world? Man, he probably walked down the street. They like, Zion, get a free beignet. Beignet <laughs> platter. Try some of this gumbo over here. Get some free crab legs. Oh, man. Yeah, I would lose. He's losing that weight battle. He probably should have went to Utah or something. Me and my brother flew home to New Jersey for winter break from Tennessee State. Two months after 9-11, I slept the entire flight. Never been more hated by a full room. I don't understand that. Oh, I guess they didn't like the fact that he was asleep during, during times where, you know, it was a high. People were highly vigilant. I guess that he was just like, I'm, I'm good. I can't sleep an entire flight, bro. Like, I have to chop my flight to L.A. up. Like, the first hour, I, like, do something on a computer. The second hour, I'll, uh, like, listen to music. Then the third hour, I'll fade a little bit and take a nap. And then I know, like, when I wake up from my nap, we're pretty much almost there. But people that sleep the entire flight, 
man, that has to be a really good feeling. I can't do it. Yeah, I can get zero sleep on a flight. So <laughs> less anxiety on planes, man, bro. I got the third. I got. I'm the third pilot every time. You know, so just, bro, you know, that thing moving too crazy. So this, this, so this trip to Ireland. How is that? I have no clue. They got some courses on Google on how to get over it, but you know who knows? Could be just a money grab. We'll see, man. I might document that Malik's flight to Ireland, bro. <laughs> oh man, thanks for top tapping in today, man. Today's show was really to show love to Marcus Freeman. And uh, we think he's raising the level of expectation and just changing the narrative overall at Notre Dame. Even though we haven't seen results, it's happening in the background. And just continue to stay strong, continue to support him along with the rest of the squad. And eventually, through all the turbulence, man, we will reach our destination. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historian? Petty Junction. Petty Junction, pettiest stories of the day brought to you by Nora Whiskey and NoraWhiskey.com, a premium American whiskey. NoraWhiskey.com. Dennis Schroeder, I got to throw you on the petty train, bro. Hey, man. <laughs> I understood why Draymond was upset last night, bro. Like man, you know, you don't, dude. He was just He's using like, the bend the corner, like come on. Yeah, grab my hip, grab my upper torso, grab anything, bro. Don't grab my knee. That's dude, for a basketball player. I mean, like, but don't, he, don't. He, I mean, come on, it's so much. No, I didn't think. That. I didn't think it was warranted. I think who was on the call? Mark Jackson was on the call, and I thought Mark Jackson said it well. It's not a flagrant foul, but it's a dirty play. Because you know as a player, dude, whether it's undercutting guys, you protect the legs of your fellow competitors. Okay, I agree with that. It was just the angle. You know, he's he's short, obviously. He's just getting around the screen. I'm not, you know, that's that's the the played-up theatrics is like, okay, yeah, he grabbed your knee, could have been a little higher, but we talk about apples and oranges when it's happening so fast. When he flailed his leg out and oh, da, da, da. it's like okay, you know, all right, you got your, you got yours, you know. Because LeBron had one with the charges, you know. LeBron be killing me taking these charges now. He's thirty eight. <laughs> she doing LeBron. <laughs> taking these damn charges. 
it was finally good to see LeBron get an actual. Somebody actually had the heart to get LeBron a technical last night. Oh uh, what? Oh uh, yeah, no. Look, that ref is definitely hating. Number one, we just having a conversation. He want to get emotional. You don't get paid to be emotional. Paid to do your job. They were calling some crazy fouls. The one he over Moses Moody head, he didn't even touch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking on the three point shot. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even touch him. So if I'm LeBron, I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? Challenge that. Like, what are we talking about? He didn't touch him. I'll give him that. So he's dealing with that and having and missing threes. It's like, man, they, they obviously they got this one. You know, you can win game two. So yeah, I'm putting uh, Cameron and uh, Mace on the petty train. Man, they <laughs> they did not have to go at Jordan Poole as hard as they did. Jordan Poole is going through enough, man. You don't know if he want to be on the Warriors or not. Then he act like he's Steph in the moments he shouldn't be. It's just like man, oh, Draymond trying to be a teammate, but how you a teammate, man? When you done it, done the situation got blown way too much out of proportion. So you Damn. couldn't if a dude if you <laughs> if somebody has smacked you in the locker room. I ain't smacking. <laughs> that what that see what I'm saying? It wasn't it was so not cool of a of a thing. It's like you got even saying that you like, I don't even know how you could. Kevin Durant couldn't stay in the man called the man the B-word. That's that's one thing. But you stole on a dude. I'm talking about awesome like <laughs> And did it make the internet? And everybody talked about it for a week and all this other stuff. Man, what would you do, Sean? Every day we got to fight. Well, am I Draymond or am I Jordan Poole? If you're Jordan Poole, you don't want to be on that team with him. And how um, do you – and then you get – okay, so you get into a game and something happens, you know, you having a disagreement. It's like, what? Don't be saying nothing to me. Cause now I gotta fight you because I don't know what type of time you on. Well, I would have asked for a trade if I was Jordan Poole. I already got my contract. I would have asked for a trade. If I didn't get the trade, then are you listening to what Draymond trying to pump you up or trying to Tell you what to, you know, how to do something. You like, man, get out my. Probably not, but that's part of his problem. That's why he got two pieced. His mouth and his attitude. That, I mean, that goes back to why he was in the situation. Running his mouth on the sideline of practice. Draymond asked him what he said. Like, what you say? He thought he was tough, so he said it again. Blip, 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 blip. Nice three-piece with a side of biscuit. Honey on the side. That's the way it goes. He got two. He got three-piece, bro. Hey, let me tell you something. Every Because I know every man, every man loves to act like they're super hard, right? Every man loves to act like he's super hard. Every man has been in a situation where they've had to count up the cost, my brother. Okay? You can say what you want to say. Every man has been in a situation where you've had to count up the cost. 
Not to say that you couldn't have one-on-one took certain individuals or any of that, but, I mean, if it's like two of you and five of them, you might have to you might have to take the L on this one to just kind of be like, you know what? I'm walking away from this. Every man has been in a situation, dude, where you put your pride to the side and you say, you know what? The numbers aren't adding up for me. So <laughs> let me let me go ahead and let this kind of fade. Everybody, you know, you can't fight everybody. And Jordan Poole at that point in time should have recognized, dude, the key. When Draymond said, what you say? Like, you saw his lips. He walked up to him and said, what you say? That should have been a clear sign to Jordan Poole, like, hey, hold on. This is, this is escalating a little bit too far. But see, Jordan Poole is obviously, obviously he doesn't get it. He must not get it. Left, bro, if you're out in L.A. right now, and you say something to a dude in a okay, club. Now you know that's a little different. That's not different, left. It's not different, dude. You know where to be on alert, period. If you would if you're in a crib with your boys, no, 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 no. If you're in a crib with your boys and y'all just kicking it and playing or whatever, and somebody still walks up in your personal face and say, What you say? You still gonna you're going to laugh and probably back up a little bit like, yo, what you want? But you're going to be on alert like, yo, what's this? Okay, I, I get that if it's your boys and you at the crib. If you in a, in a basketball setting, dude, and and especially on a team, this your teammate. This ain't at the Wild or at LA Fitness. This is a professional setting, and obviously you get into it. You know, I got into it yesterday with my coaches about obviously a basketball conversation this and then obviously it can get a little personal when regarding basketball but it's what what are we gonna box or are we gonna play basketball and i think when you get emotional like that it doesn't look good because it's like we're men here you know obviously you if they if, they, if jordan Poole calling him a b-word and all that okay i get it if we, if I'm just calling you sorry, and we in practice, and it's the heat of the moment or whatever, I mean, you would you go foul out like that? You the most be team leader. You ain't Michael Jordan, where I'm Steve Kerr now. Like you know, I Bruh, just got paid a hundred million. I don't care who you are. You're not walking up on me, dude. No, okay, I agree with that. The walking up, I'm, I didn't think that Jordan was expecting that in practice. If this was on the street or at boys' crib, like you said, absolutely. I, no, no, that's the point. Anywhere you're not walking up on me. Anywhere. But that's what I'm saying. If they were calling each other to be wearing and all that, okay, if he walk up, at, okay, then that, yeah, you're right. He should be ready. If I'm calling you trash and you talking about what you say, I'm like, yeah, you trash, you sorry ass. But that's how that, but how is that different than 2K? You ain't never seen me play, you ain't never seen the man play, but you say you'll beat him in 2K and he's trash. And you ain't never seen him play, it's no different. I didn't say you were trash. I never said you were trash. I just know I'm better. That implies that the other person's trash. How you better? It, oh, 
You think LeBron is better than Steph, but you don't think Steph is trash? Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> but it's still context to it. That's all I'm saying. Man walks up on you, be on high alert, bro. He didn't just walk up on you for no reason. And Draymond's the type of dude, he don't give a darn about practice. He's already proven that. The way he spoke to, to KD in that huddle, he didn't do. That dude don't care. See you guys Monday. Great show. Uh, I'm not sure if I have an RTCF show tomorrow. I have to double check. Uh, I mean, that kind of is the Chicago, bro. In Chicago, you don't, man. No, you don't get benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. I you don't get the benefit of the doubt, man. We're not. But you not, but you not think about it. This is probably not the first time they got into it about whatever. This ain't the first time they got into it about whatever, but Jordan's still thinking it's, it's basketball related. They're not arguing outside in the parking lot. So if they arguing outside the parking lot, okay, we, you know, that's one thing. If we having back and forth in the basketball practice, and this is, I'm assuming it's not the first time they got into it, but for whatever reason, this time you hitting me. Oh yeah, we got to fight no. for real. <laughs> Don't walk off on me, bro. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Whatever you got to say, you can say from right there. When you get right here. But you know how most dudes do they 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 oh what you say they and they pushing and shoving Draymond straight hit the dude. You I I, I thought Jordan said, oh we gonna push you gonna give him up I'm push you back we did it man this man Jordan said what well it wasn't even no so that's why I'm like that's that's wild bro that's wild it's like all right bro you no, just we're not debating like we're all not right. debating whether or not Draymond was right. We're just further validating that Jordan Poole was a sucker. That's all. Yeah, he got sucker punch. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, He's I think most, they got most sucker punch. situation would be caught off guard. Would you agree? I would. No. 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 You so you just stealing off, off on people like that? You stealing Bruh, off on people like that? That man, I'm on the baseline. That man is on the sideline. That man walked all the way from the sideline. No. You're not catch, how are you catching me off guard? Okay, I how? Thought, I thought, I thought he was. I thought he was like under the basket type shit already. No, Jordan he came from way over he came there, way over there to under the bucket. Okay, you're right. Okay, that's different. You're right. No, that's, that's different. I'm totally on guard. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like he just stand out of, out of bounds and he under the basket. He just right no, there. No, and he walked way, way. I'm. Yeah, bro. You, no, no, bro. Uh, uh. The moment you cross the baseline, it's like no. <laughs> Yeah. If he What's walked up? far as hell to do all that, yeah, you got to be ready at that. Because what else you doing all that? You stay, like you said, you wait. You open up. We can argue from across the court. Great show. Great weekend, everybody. Make sure you spend it different. Be back Monday with a special guest, Lucky Lucky Pod. <laughs>